Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 103 of All About Fitness. Before I get into the introduction for this episode's guest, I want to take a little bit of time out to say thanks to Mike in D.C. Um, and Mike, I really, I really appreciate those kind words, and, and I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. And any more feedback you have, dude, please send it my way. And keep up those Instagram posts, man. I'm really, uh, I really enjoy that. And I'd like to give a big shout-out to Vance Hines. Keep on working, brother. It's fun to watch your progress, and I'm rooting for you. If you're a fan of All About Fitness, if you're enjoying this podcast, the only request I have from you is that you take a moment to give it a rating. We all know how this thing works, right? The more ratings a podcast receive, the higher up it goes in the search engine. And if you're getting a lot out of All About Fitness, then do me a favor and share it with other people by just taking a moment out of your day to give it a rating. Now, on to this episode's guest. What I'm trying to do with All About Fitness is I'm trying to string together different, I'm trying to string together interviews of experts or individuals from different aspects of the same field. So a couple months ago, I focused on researchers. You know, I've been focusing, I've had a little string where I did celebrity personal trainers. Right now, I'm kind of doing a twofer. One, I'm focusing on people that are recognized as fitness influencers on Instagram. I'm also been focused on body positivity. If you notice, I had Molly Galbraith on a couple episodes ago. She helped create the community, online community of Girls Gone Strong. You know, recently I had Maurice Summers, a personal trainer who's really trying to redefine what fitness means. And that brings me to this episode's guest. Louise Green is the author of the book Big Fit Girl, Embrace the Body You Have. She's done a TEDx talk about her experience being a plus-sized fitness advocate, and I'll have a link to that down in the show notes below. On today's episode, Luis and I talk about what fitness means. Do you really need to have a certain type of body to enjoy exercise? If you've been listening to All About Fitness, then you know my message is no. It doesn't matter what you look like. What matters is that you have the, the will and the motivation and the desire just to get up and be active. You don't even need to exercise in the gym. You don't even need to exercise. Just get up, be active, move. Find the movement that you enjoy. Find what you like doing. If it's walking, swimming, cleaning your house, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you move, that you use the body that you have. And it was really fun having this conversation with Louise. I watched her TED Talk. I read a little bit about her book. You know, and it's just somebody who... I really wanted to have on the podcast because of the message that she's sharing with others. You know, she talks about the plus size. The fitness industry does not cater to people like her. That is one thing. I've pointed out a couple areas where fitness needs to get better. That's one area where we need to improve significantly. You know, we need to move away from this mindset of you need to have a certain type of body to be fit. What matters is that you have the energy, you have the capacity, you have the desire. You know, Louise is somebody who went from being a former talent agent. Her job was all about appearance. And now she's involved in being an internationally recognized expert of promoting and advocating for plus size fitness. After a brief word from the sponsor of All About Fitness, my conversation with Louise Green, the author of Big Fit Girl, Embrace the Body You Have, an international advocate for plus size fitness. What is part bench, part balance trainer, part stability ball, part jump box, and all results? The TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, specially designed to help enhance balance, 
strength, agility, and metabolic conditioning, the TerraCore is quickly becoming the go-to piece of workout equipment used by fitness professionals around the world. Whether you're training to earn that eight-figure contract or just trying to get in better shape, the TerraCore will help you achieve results you never thought possible. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, the shape of things to come. Go to www.vicorefitness.com and use code AAF, that's all about fitness, AAF, to save 20% on the purchase of a TerraCore. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness, here today with Luis Green from Canada. Luis, can you give us a little bit of information about what you do and, and your role in the fitness industry? Sure. Um, I'm a personal trainer, and for the last 10 years, I've been running a business in Vancouver called Body Exchange, which is a boot camps and adventure company specifically for plus-size women. And now I'm running online programs that are now hitting plus-size women around the globe. And I recently wrote a book called Big Fit Girl, so I'm very dedicated to making fitness accessible for all shapes and sizes. Well, and I think that's an an important thing, Luis, and that's where – and actually I got your – you know, I found your information because you're recognized as a fitness influencer on Instagram. So let's talk about that for a second. What was it like to find out that uh, other people – other media outlets are, are recognizing you as a fitness influencer? Um, I think it's obviously I was very proud to have that kind of recognition because I work hard on getting a message out to people that resonates with them to help them get moving and realize that fitness can be for everybody. So um, it's very, it's cool to have that recognition um, that, you know, these, these big media outlets are, are noticing that work. And do you think that's important because, you know, we, we haven't spoken before and this is our first time speaking, first time talking. And one of the things that, that I really like, you know, going through your website and going through your Instagram uh, feed is the fact that you are focused on kind of not your average fitness consumer. And, and in that regard, what do you think fitness gets wrong? What do you think is and, – and that's a very that's a very long and loaded question. Um, but it's like what, what do you think is fit, fitness is missing in terms of some of its marketing and how it presents itself to the outside world? Well, I think that, you know, a large part of society kind of gets down on people that don't exercise and who are – of a certain size. Um, I see it happening in tons of commentary in media pieces that support larger people to exercise. And so we kind of have this bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where people feel shamed when they enter fitness spaces. But the biggest piece that I think is getting wrong in, in how we present fitness is the representation as to how we invite people into movement. And that is typically... Um, usually Caucasian people in their 20s, very lean, ripped um, type of visual imagery that we are basically showing an aspiration um, instead of showing the person who they currently are um, so that they can identify with that imagery and then, and then think to themselves, you know, there's a person that looks like me doing that, perhaps I possibly can. There's so many barriers for bigger people to go into uh, fitness culture. So when we're they're hit constantly with this imagery that doesn't represent them, it's very uninviting. And, and how many people have you heard from who are inspired by you posting images? 
Because one of the things we know about behavior change is that vicarious experiences play a key role. So if people see somebody else like them that they can identify with visually, it makes it easier to take that step to doing something. So have you heard that from people that follow your social media? Do they look at you as a source of inspiration? I, I literally get emails or mess, direct messages every day from people that say that um, the visual representation, the, the messaging that I show through the work that I do has inspired them to start moving. And, 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 and more on a, on a proper like research level um, position, if you look at the campaign This Girl Can that was created by Sport England, um, the statistics around how many more people started to move once that campaign came out. And I don't know if you um, list any reference material after these interviews, but I can certainly send you the link. Just by showing diversity in age and size and ethnicity brought about an, an extreme increase in physical activity amongst people in the UK. And I know I would definitely like to do that and definitely like to link to that. Because there's been, there's, you know, on that note, there's been a lot of research showing that actually people who are a little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, not necessarily overweight, but a little bit, you know, maybe a few pounds off the ideal, actually have, have you know, lower mortality and live longer than people that might be at ideal weight or underweight. You know, have you seen any of that research as well? Um, I've seen all different kinds of research. You, you know, whenever I see research that comes out that supports uh, you know, people living in a larger body, there's always people that'll slap in front of your face, something that supports the exact opposite. So I think with research, there's always two sides to the story. Um, so, uh, but I have, I definitely have heard what you're speaking of. Well, and that's, but I, but I love that. I mean, that's actually the absolute right thing. I mean, research can give us a snapshot of what's happening at a moment in time with a certain set of variables, but it certainly isn't a holy grail to say, this is the only way it's going to happen. But one of the things that one of the reasons why I reference that is getting over this notion that fitness is about having some sort of, you know, achieving some sort of look. How do you define, you know, in, in your work as, you know, with, with your brand of big girl, of big fit girl, sorry, your brand is big fit girl. How do you, how do you define fitness? What's your working definition of fitness? Well, I think when somebody can enjoy all aspects of their lives and the activities that they want to do, like, you know, for example, if uh, somebody wants to go for a hike with some friends, but they don't have the physical capacity to do that, that's actually taking away from their enjoyment in life. And so when your body weight or your physical fitness is taking away from the things that you want and, and have goals and aspirations to do in your life, then it's something that you need to look at. Um, so I really think fitness is is defined differently by all different kinds of people. I mean, if you were to ask a, you know, elite Ironman person what their definition of fitness is, it's going to be quite different. Um, a lot of people I work with are simply trying to, uh, you know, be mobile and do the things in their life that they want to do in the body that they have. So and that, I that, that, go, sorry, go ahead. I think there's a really big range. And I think that's an important thing to consider is the fact that, you know, we can still be active. We can get it, still get out and enjoy our favorite activities. And my tagline, one of the, one of the taglines I use for, for the podcast and for some of the blogging I do is that fitness is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And if exactly. you look up and I've looked up different definitions of fitness and in none of the definitions, Louise, does it mention appearance? It always talks about ability 
work capacity and in the ability to, you know, just to perform at a certain level. So when you kind of share this with people, what's their reaction when they kind of hear you talk about what fitness is, how do they respond? Well, it depends who I'm speaking to. Um, but often, uh, I'm hit with, well, it's not healthy. Like, you know, certain size is not healthy. Um, the thing is, is that I think we need to really identify that, um, not all bodies can, can squeeze into their BMI. So first of all, I'm not a huge believer in using a BMI metric. I just feel that, you know, when, when I look at the BMI that I'm supposed to be, I seriously don't think I've been that since I was 13. And so, and I, and I'm, I've had, I've had decades of trying to whittle down into that BMI. There are some bodies that just are not able to weigh what they quote unquote should. And so I get hit a lot with, well, that's not healthy. So I'll tell you what's not healthy is trying to whittle your body down for, you know, 10 plus years and feeling like a bloody failure over and over and again, until I really started to embrace the body that I had and started to focus on athletic performance. That's when I became the healthiest I've ever been. Well, and let's, let's talk about that for a second, Luis, because, you know, I've been doing fitness for a long time and originally I was a personal trainer in Washington, D.C., and a lot of my clients were, you know, very, you know, were busy professionals that, yeah, they did work in politics and they looked at, at fitness for health. They understood they needed to exercise to improve their health and it wasn't really fitness really, I mean, yes, uh, appearance was, it's not that it wasn't important, but a lot of my clients put their, their health and their ability and their function, you know, their functional capacity ahead of pure appearance and now I live in Southern California, <laughs> and let's just say it's on the opposite end of the scale. And I've yeah, seen that uh, where you know you have in some parts of you know some parts of the world, people you know kind of recognize that fitness is about being healthy. You know, just go out and, and be active. Whereas other parts of the world, and, and I'd say Southern California, South Florida, Miami, the southern part of Manhattan, you know, fitness is all about about appearance. So when you when you share this in terms of work capacity, or what, let's take a, I'm gonna take a different ask a different question. How freeing was it for you to kind of get away from that? I mean, because I'm sure you know we've all done that. I've done that. You know, need to be a certain size. You have this this you know these media images thrust upon us that we need to have a certain appearance. And once you started working on performance, how freeing was that? Talk a little bit about that in terms of how that changed your outlook. Well, it was completely freeing, like like nothing I've ever experienced before in my life, because to constantly and chronically be tracking every bite and uh, output and measuring every little thing that goes in or out was completely consuming. And the thing is, is that my body would not get to the size that I needed it to get to or that I that I thought that it should that the people at diet companies were telling me that it had to be to, in order to be successful. So I think what happened was when I kind of released that from my life, it, you know, my I was no I redefined what success was, because if you're constantly living in a model of failure, it's so taxing on every area of your life. And, and that's, you know, it's funny because, again, this is our first time talking, but for the last, you know, maybe the last six months, I've been kind of in this mindset, and I wrote a blog on this for, I wrote an article on this for 24-Hour Fitness about do we really need goals? You know, my argument, Luis, and I, and I think you might agree with this, is that, you know, what about making what about making your goal enjoying the process of being active? I'm not even mm-hmm. going to say exercise, but make the goal 
to enjoy the process. So whatever your favorite activity is, enjoy that process. Don't worry about the outcome because I think we set people up for failure by saying you need to, because I think, you know, you talk to people in a health club and they're like, well, I need to lose weight. I need to, and it's like, why? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm a 40 something guy that drives a minivan, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> my, my, you know, you know, I joked about this before we hit recording, you know, I, I don't need to put half naked selfies of myself up on social media. You know, for me, fitness is having the ability to take care of my family and, and to be in good shape. So yeah. do you think, I mean, what do you think, how do you think we could change this message of fitness is supposed to be about appearance and instead get people thinking about fitness for performance. You know, what are, what are some ways that we could do that? Well, I think, um, again, going back to the imagery piece that we see and the way that in which we market fitness is because our industry is putting out a very strong message that this is what fitness is about. It's about the six pack. It's about looking young and God forbid you'd show your age and, um, you know, that you'd have cellulite or any of those totally natural human states. We are putting out a message that is, um, is, is very strict. And so when people think about fitness, they think that that's what it's about. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to coach women to talk, talking exactly the same talk that you're talking about is like letting go of that, letting go about the numbers on the scale, of course, um, you know, working towards performance and, and being, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that about the goal setting too. And I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but we've, we've recently had that discussion in my coaching groups about, goal setting. And I think that, you know, when we go to fitness school, we get certifications, they talk about smart principles and, and setting goals and, you know, the specific and measurable, etc. And, um, and that doesn't work for so many people. It just what, uh, what I see happening with that model with the people that I'm working with is it, it creates angst. And it creates a lot of pressure. And then, you know, we what I am trying to do is tread very gently people into a lifestyle that we can somehow make this a sustainable part of their life. Because we know if we're moving and we're exercising that the longevity of their life, and not only that, but independence into their, their older age, um, it, it increases much greater if, if they can participate in fitness. But the barriers, as I've said, are so high for so many people that as soon as they start getting hit with what are your SMART goals, they start to uh, like recoil and and feel too much pressure. So I love what you just said about enjoying the process and, and, and you know, enjoying, enjoying the whole a picture of, of moving your body and, and just starting to gain some enjoyment around that. Well, and it's funny. Well, I appreciate that. So thank you. But it's funny because I do see, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, I've seen so many of these kind of merry-go-rounds of just, I'm going to have to lose weight, I have to lose weight, I have to lose weight. And people beat themselves up and they try to starvation diet. They do all kinds of stuff they don't need to do. And instead it's like, why not just enjoy, you know, being you enjoy, you know, because I see this, you know, I see this, I got, I taught a class at a YMCA and it's funny, I go in there in the morning, there's a walking group that meets about the same time I start my cycling class. And these are people of all shapes and sizes. Most of them are older and they're there to walk in the morning. And, and, you know, for me, walking is a great activity. And the most important part of that, of what they're doing is a social aspect. 
And so it's like, okay, they're being active and they're making it social and they're using activity as a way to have these social connections. So I really think from what I've seen, when you do that, when you say, I'm going to put these, you know, kind of appearance goals to the side and I'm going to enjoy the process. And if people go to the gym and if all they do is go walk in a group and talk with somebody else for an hour, I think they're getting something out of it. I think that's going to make huge benefits, you know, and that's where it comes down to is how can we get people to understand, understand that mindset. So to, to turn that into a question, Louise, how'd you get started in fitness? What, what got you started down the journey of becoming a trainer? Um, I actually joined a learn to run 5k clinic to try to lose weight. I was constantly on this mission and I remember being completely nervous that I didn't fit in, that I was going to get left in the dust. And, um, this was about 15 years ago and our leader stood before us and introduced herself and she was a plus size woman. And I literally had never seen anyone in fitness leadership that was bigger. And I certainly never seen anyone as a runner uh, that was bigger. This was before Instagram um, and, and a lot of heavy social media. So I was just like, so taken back by that visual imagery of this woman that I was like, wait a second, this woman is living her athletic dreams in that body. And she's not even trying to lose weight. Like what's up with that? And so, um, I coached with her for quite a few weeks, the whole, the whole clinic. I finished the 5k. I went on to do many more and then 10 Ks. And then I had a personal trainer who asked me if I would, um, volunteer as a 10 K run leader and I worked in the film industry here in Vancouver, and I was a commercial agent. So basically, I represented commercial actors who were like the most beautiful people in the world with the ripped abs and 20-something Caucasian, exactly what <laughs> we're talking about in the uh, fitness industry imagery. And I would be getting this feedback from the producers saying, you need to tell her she needs to lose weight or she needs to whiten her teeth or all this like stuff that and one day I was sitting there and I was like this feels so gross like I I'm on the weekends I'm high on endorphins with people like you you just described in that walking group that are just there thriving in their community and loving it and then coming here on Monday morning and sitting down and giving people this awful feedback so I decided to leave my job. And, um, you know, through those running programs, I started to realize that the people that were bigger weren't always fully supported. They were often left behind or they'd quit and they wouldn't, they wouldn't come again. And I'd be like, well, what happened to Sally? And they'd be like, I don't know. Um, and I thought, you know, there's a real audience of people here that just need more support. And so I started, I left my job as a talent agent and started uh, body exchange. That's so awesome. And I, I love, you know, I've been teaching workshops for years and, and one of the most powerful things that, that I see at a number of workshops is, I, you know, almost almost everyone I teach, Louise, there's somebody there who got into personal training because they're inspired by somebody else and, and they, they made a life change, whether they lost weight or just became more active, but they, they made that life change and they want to they spread it to others. So that's interesting that you were, were an agent because you saw, I mean, you saw the worst of what we're talking about. You saw the worst of, of the appearance-driven business, you know? And so how's that affected your, your kind of overall outlook now that you've kind of gotten out of that and, and are now, you know, running your own running your own show in the fitness world? 
Well, I think what like being behind the scenes in commercial work is um, like it really shows you um, how much we're being lied to. Like, like the most pristine, beautiful people are still not good enough. They're, they're, they're still not good enough. So, so that's like 1% of the population. And then what everyone does is they compare themselves to that. They think, well, why can't I be like that? Or I should be like that. Or, you know, it really plays on people's psyche about why, and especially young people, I mean, teens and and in their twenties, like that's what irks me the most is because when I was, when I was a teen and when I was in my twenties, I wasn't onto the lie, but now I'm, but I'm more savvy. I've worked behind the scenes. I see how things are presented. I see how things are not accurately, accurately presented with airbrushing. Um, but it, it really made me become this trainer that wanted to not only spread a message of fitness and um, accessibility at all sizes, but to change the, the marketing message. And it's interesting you say that because I had this conversation with somebody else recently where I do a little bit of, you know, I, I don't have nearly the experience that, that, that you do in that world, but I do some work as a techni- technical director for photo shoots with a few different companies. You know, you need to have somebody behind the camera who is making sure the model models are doing the exercise correctly. And, and that's one of the things I do. And I think what's interesting, Louise, I don't think a lot of people out there realize, and for listeners, this is absolutely the truth, is that when you see those fitness models in a magazine, you see those fitness models in an ad campaign, they don't look like that year round. You know, they're usually figure competitors or bodybuilders and they get in shape. You know, I, I had a friend who was a fitness model and he would, he would literally, he would, he decided he was never really, you know, he was never really out of shape. And dude had to, you know, he's, he just had one of those genetic bodies that he was always going to be lean and relatively ripped, but he would book four or five photo shoots within a two week period. Then he spends six to eight weeks getting ready for it, you know, and it's really, it's interesting, you know, so you, you talk about peeling away the veneer and I try to get people to realize that too. You know, I talk with them. Um, I've interviewed a number of celebrity trainers on, you know, I use that term loosely, but I, I've interviewed a number of trainers who work with people, high profile individuals. And the one thing I always try to get to, Luis, is the fact that somebody who's in the limelight, in the public eye, like a celebrity, has a whole team behind them. They have exactly. a trainer, they have a nutritionist. So do you, do you coach, do you, do you point that out to some of your, the people you work with as well? Well, one of the things that we work on in the online coaching programs that I do is not just the fitness aspect, but the mindset. And we definitely talk about um, in a mindset module, the way in which not just fitness, but just, you know, women and, and now very much men as well are represented in a way that is just very inaccurate. And, and I've had people come to sessions with me and, and bring magazines and been like, you know, I really like how she's defined. I want to look like that. And like you say, like, not only do they have a team, but they're a professional athlete. Like that's what they do for a job. They're in the gym four to six hours a day building that body and, and like probably haven't had any carbs in like four months. So it's like, it's not a realistic thing to show this to people as an aspiration. Sure. You want to get physically fit and active for sure. But, but to, to put that out there, especially again, to young people, um, that this is how we should look is, is, is very unrealistic for so many people and it only sets them up for failure. Well, and that's exactly what I try to point out when I, when I interview a trainer that works with those individuals is the fact that if, if you're booking a movie, if you're, you know, if you're a top actor or actress and you're booking a movie, 
you have two to three months to get in shape for that role. And that becomes your focus. And if you're getting, you know, a lot of money to do that, that's yeah. a strong, I mean, then that's a whole different realm than people who just day in, day out. And, and that's why I think it's very important that we show that realistic, that realistic kind of mindset. So when you got in the fitness industry, what, what steps did you take to kind of earn your credentials? I know Canada functions a little bit differently than the States. So what's the process of becoming a trainer in Canada? So here you have to take a fitness theory course as a foundational uh, course, basically just to get the basics. And then I went into group fitness. So um, in my case, I did group fitness. I think you can also do yoga as a group fitness, but I did the group fitness with a focus on boot camps. And then I did a weight training course, which is a prerequisite to the personal trainer course. So I did the, the weight training course, and then I did the more in-depth personal trainer training course here in Canada. And now that, and so it's interesting because people, for listeners, I want you to realize that it's not the barrier. That there's not really a huge barrier to entry to become a fitness professional. Would you agree? I think people would be surprised at at how maybe how easy it is to 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 get into the fitness industry. Would you agree with that? It, I, I mean, the personal trainer is a little bit more in depth and so it should be, but the group fitness, um, pretty sure I did that over like two weekends. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in the States, it's a little bit different. I think you guys have a more, you guys do have a much more rigorous process than we have here in the States. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, you do. I mean, you do. I mean, in the States, it really is. And it's not knocking it. I mean, it's still basic ed- ed- information, but the way I describe it, it's like getting your driver's license. You know, so when somebody earns a certification, it's like getting a driver's license. Just because you have a driver's license doesn't mean you should be driving a Ferrari 308. You know, it might be too much car for you to handle. So when yeah. somebody earns a certification, that's just kind of the, the beginning of it. And so that's the beginning of your journey into becoming an educator. So how have you, I mean, what do you do? How do you kind of, how do you get your, your education or what do you do to kind of, you know, learn more about how the body functions? And do you do anything specifically, like any specific work on understanding how um, bigger bodies respond to exercise? Well, I read a lot of the research papers that you discussed. um, And I often get contacted by people that are doing research. So I've been able to have the opportunity to work directly with researchers, which is kind of nice. But also just so much knowledge gained in the hands-on experience over 10 years of of really, you know, and there's a theme that that's that's going on, d- various themes to be honest. But um, when you're working with with a certain demographic, that you just become so dialed into, um, you know, there's some things that I've had to learn while they were in play that I now know that I don't do with those that with with clients anymore. So, you know, it's definitely a learning experience. Like, you know, just for example. Um, you know, typically heavier people don't want to be doing any exercises on their knees, for example, um, or, you know, the getting up and down process, you want to limit that. Um, that's not the same for every person I work with, but it's definitely, there's a whole list of things that I learned, uh, through the process of training, like over a thousand people now that are bigger, um, the do's and don'ts. And I mean, you can't really get that from a certification. No, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you, you can't get from a certification. I think that's a, that's a, that's a very good insight. And to be honest, I really think that's one of the things that, that demotivates, um, people when, um, you know, that, that demotivates people from, from exercise is when they show up to take a class and they have some young 20 something there saying, all right, do burpees, do push ups, do 
whatever. Yeah. I mean, how how important do you think it is to find um, to find instructors and to find you know fitness uh, leaders? And I like the way you describe that. How important do you think it is to find fitness leaders that people can relate to? I think it's essential. And but the thing is, is that. I want to also recognize that, um, you know, different trainers go into the fitness industry for different reasons and working with the demographic that I work with isn't for everyone. I've hired trainers that they're like, this isn't for me. Um, so, so I think it's, you know, within the fitness industry, we can all find our niche. Um, but I think what happens because I've talked about the the high barriers for people to enter fitness, once they've built the courage to actually do it, and then they arrive at a class and have a really bad fitness experience, it honestly, and I've heard these stories so many times, it can take years for that person to approach it again. And, and I've heard those stories too, and that's always, you know, it's always a horror show. You're sitting next to somebody on a plane. I had somebody, you know, a couple months ago, tell me about it, you know, a bad experience his wife had with a personal trainer. And it just, it's like, I feel awful. But then again, I take a step back and think everybody, you know, you can have a bad experience with a doctor. You can have a bad experience with an attorney. So it's a matter of just trying to, you know, to police ourselves. But I think you're right. It can really, really turn people off from, from fitness and kind of take them away from that. Now to shift gears real quick, how'd you get started posting on Instagram? What was it that, that, you know, got you, you know, cause to me, it seems like social media is like the perfect the absolute perfect tool for people in our business. But how'd you get started on that? And how have you built your, you know, what have you done to kind of build your, your reputation up or to build your, your presence up on that platform? Um, I started posting, I don't even know when, maybe three years ago. I don't even know when Instagram started. And, um, I, yeah, like unlike Facebook, it's very image heavy where you, uh, can, can really just show like, because I'm so mission orientated on changing the imagery of, of our fitness industry and just fitness in general is for me a great platform to do that because I can just like do the snapshots and put them up there and, and, um, really see what people respond to as well. Um, and I think that social media as a trainer is an essential tool. And I know that it's not everyone's forte, but I highly encourage people to use it because, you know, there's a lot of trainers out there and I think we need to differentiate what we do and who we're for. And I think social media is a great platform to do that. And I'm just scrolling through as we, as, as you're speaking, I'm scrolling through your feed real quick. And one of the things I think is the, that is really appealing about it is it shows you show yourself doing so many different activities. You know, do you, do you get that feedback? I mean, I kind of asked this earlier, but do you get that feedback from people who say they're inspired by seeing what you do? Um, I haven't actually had that feedback that they, that they enjoy this so many different activities. Um, I, I enjoy a lot of different activities. I'm primarily focused on triathlon right now. Um, and I like that because it's three different activities. <laughs> I get bored easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, 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 the, the classes that I teach are boxing boot camps. So I also do a lot of boxing with women. I think boxing is an incredible way to uh, train women, especially if there's knee joint issues, you know, you can get some really good cardio from boxing. So I, I do, I enjoy a, a, a real range of physical activity. And now what, have there been any posts that surprise you with, with how popular they are? Like anything that kind of, you put something up there and had a, had a really strong reaction that surprised you? Yeah. I mean, I find that 
The ones that get the most traction are not necessarily me doing fitness. They're more statements. I mean, this one I'm looking at right now, it just basically says big girls can be fit girls. And it has uh, 1,200 likes on it. Like, how does that happen? It's one statement, but it's so counterculture to what we hear and see that that really hits a, hits hits people with um, – you know, it resonates with them. Well, I think we're also in the in this era right now of of what we've seen in the last few years. What I've noticed here is, you know, you're getting strong as a new skinny and, and different variations of that. Whereas, you know, ten years ago, women were were you didn't see women in the freeway area that much. You just didn't. I mean, you would see some, but now, you know, you see a lot more women, you know, grabbing barbells and dumbbells. And has that, you know, has that surprised you by the number of women? And do you use strength training as part of your programs that you do with the people that you work with? I absolutely use strength training in, in the classes that I'm running. Um, in addition to the boxing, the boxing is more of the cardio, but definitely strength training. Um, I am doing some strength training myself, not as much as I would like to be because I'm training for, um, I'm actually training for a half Ironman right now. So there's a lot of other training going on, but the strength training is really important to be able to finish that race. And for, for people that are, you know, for plus size people, is strength training a good option and, and why? I think it is. Um, I think strength training for anyone is really a good option because especially for women, as we, you know, hit the peak of our uh, hormone levels at around age 35, 40 years old, we start to decline in um, bone density. So when we're strength training, we're building bone density. Um, I think that just feeling strong in your body makes you inevitably feel more confident. And so I think building muscle mass for women is a great way to not only take care of their body now and into aging years, but also to build a really great sense of body confidence. And I think that's important. You know, a friend of mine that, that I interviewed on the show, um, she she wrote a blog post about having the strength to carry up one of those seven gallon. Um, what's that? What's that in liters? It's uh, maybe twenty eight liters. I don't know. Thinking of the conversion, but maybe about twenty eight liter. Those water bottle, water cooler bottles. She lived up at the third floor. Lived on the the, the third floor of a, a walk up apartment building, and strength training allowed her to carry up the water bottles by herself without having to wait for her boyfriend. So it can definitely be be very you know liberating, and that's just it's something I've seen where I'm really I'm I love the fact that that more women are getting comfortable grip, gripping uh, gripping weights and lifting. Now I'm looking on the feed here, Louise, and and I see that you spoke at a TEDx. What did you talk about, and how did that how did that happen? Um, I, my topic at TEDx was called athleticism at every size. So um, it, it, it actually was called Let's Think Again About Athleticism. So it was basically giving people a different perspective of what it could mean to be an athlete. And I think you um, mentioned earlier that when you look at the definition of fitness, do, nowhere does it say anything about appearance. And I really took a look at what the word athlete means. And when we look it up in some dictionaries, it says um, proficient in fitness or sport. And so you know, there's so many people that are proficient in fitness and sport, but I feel like our society has defined its own meaning of athleticism and, and kind of um, discounts a large number of people in our population as athletes. And, and I think that's an important message. What was the response that you had? And I just found it up on uh, YouTube. So for listeners, I'll have a, a link to uh, Luis's TEDx talk 
um, in the show notes below. So definitely I'll check it out when we get offline here. But what was the reaction to it? And did did that surprise you? Um, The reaction was, you know, I, I really only got lots of positive reaction from it from people that, you know, once again, were very thankful that they were being included and that that this perspective was being talked about. Um, and that, you know, that they, that they could see themselves as athletes now. And I think that's, and that's something that, you know, years ago when I was a trainer, I I used a model called the everyday athlete. And that's how I would train my clients. They'd ask me sometimes, why aren't we using those machines? And I'm like, I'm training you like an athlete. And they're like, well, I'm not playing a sport. And I'm like, it doesn't need to. So what's it mean to be an athlete? How do you, how, how would you define an athlete? someone who's proficient in fitness and sport. I mean, I've had people argue with me over this and I, I'm not really like, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't really need to argue about it, but of course there are different levels of athletes. There are elite athletes, there are professional athletes, and there are everyday athletes, as you say. And I think that somebody that shows up that is committed to the process that puts in the time that, uh, you know, stays committed and focused, they're an athlete. No, I think that's it. And and they can use their body. I, you said earlier, you know, be comfortable with your own body. Now, your book, Big Fit Girl, how 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 did that come about and and you know, what's the, what's the message that you have in there? Um, well, the message is really, you know, streamlined right across everything I do. It's about um putting a book on a bookshelf in the stores that really could speak to people that they could identify with. So I would go to the bookstore and I would look at all the fitness books and it would be like the 30 day this and the 20 day this and get ripped abs in this amount of time. And and I, I think about the 50 year old woman who just wants to move and, you know, uh, get to that place in her life where she doesn't have to say no to anything. She just wants a good fitness level. Um, or I want, I think about the woman that goes that, you know, doesn't feel like she fits in, in the world of fitness culture and, and doesn't identify with athlete and, and really show them a new perspective and that they are invited and that they can do this. And so that's what big fit girl is about. It's practical advice, but it's also got a lot of people's different stories throughout it. And the book came about just because of my mission to create different messaging. And, um, you know, it was an extremely long process that from beginning to end, it was a three year push to get that book out there, but it's out there now it's selling in eight countries. It's very successful. And, uh, I'm really proud of it. That's great. And so you know, I'm going to link to the, uh, I'm going to link to the Amazon page below it. And it's amazing. I mean, your reviews, I'm just you know looking at a few of the reviews here is, you know, you get, a, you get some really amazing feedback. And I think that's such an important message, Lisa. And that's why I wanted to, to have you on and, and to give you a little bit of voice, because I think when people see you on Instagram, you, mo- you, you that's one way to motivate people. But I want to be able to use this as a platform to give you a chance to, to have a voice. So if you could, if you had a magic wand, if you were given control of the universe, you know, for, for a day or for a time period, how would you change the fitness industry? You know, what, what would you do to try to change the way, the way we are right now? Um, I think I would um, definitely implement more education in the certification process about this demographic and not just how to physically train them, but how to how to engage people, Um, you know, for people that are going out to start their own business um, and they're interested in working with a wide variety of different people. They need to know how to reach them. And I think that that's 
that's definitely missing. So I would, I would definitely implement some, some more work in the certification process. And I would also, um, work with, uh, you know, and I do speak in front of ad agencies as well. So I, um, you know, I would work more heavily on changing our marketing message and the way that fitness culture and, uh, marketing is rep is present, uh, pre- sorry, present, <laughs> presenting itself. And that we don't always use the larger body as the before picture. Like, you know, and, it's not everyone's goal to, to try to whittle down into the after picture. And I think that that, that in itself is an important message. I mean, we're getting ready to it, next week here in, in, in San Diego, it, and I'll be dropping this, uh, this podcast interview after that, but we're getting ready to have the health club industry conference coming on and I'll be working, you know, I'll be working the trade show with, with a client. And it always, it saddens me a little bit, Luis, when I look around and a majority of the members of health clubs, a strong majority of the members of health clubs are women. But when you look at leadership in the fitness industry, it's, it's a lot of it's men. There are only a couple companies, a handful of companies with women in the senior, you know, senior executive roles. Most women in senior leadership positions in health club companies um, are in either HR or group fitness. And so there's a definite, you know, I think we could do a much better job as an industry of being more inclusive um, at the executive level because that's where decisions are made. And you're going to walk around, I'm going to walk around the trade show and you're going to have, you know, the only women, you, not the only, but majority of the women you see, you'll, you'll see will be models trying to sell equipment to men who do the purchasing and run the clubs Yet it's mostly women that come to the that come to the health clubs. So I think it's just it's a whole backwards thing. Now, as you've started Body Exchange, do you have a physical location, or do you do just do only online training? Uh, my my location and actual in person training has really uh, come down to like six people now. So that's not really my primary focus. It's more about, you know, when I would travel and I would, um, do speaking engagements, I realized, uh, with the book as well, that this is, you know, the people that are coming to my program are coming from eight different countries. It's not a North American issue where people are having a hard time approaching fitness. It's an international issue, and I wanted to address that on a on a global level. So um, it, it's mostly online now, and uh, you know, spreading the the message via writing and um, speaking and coaching online. Great, and I'll have a link to your to your website below. Now, to, to wrap up here, do you have any advice for anybody who might be starting thinking about? a fitness program, especially somebody who might be considered plus size, what would your words of encouragement or words of advice be for, for getting, you know, just for, to start moving? Um, well, we talked about having those negative experiences when we go sometimes. And one of the things that I write about in my book is an interview process between the trainer and the client. Um, and I think what happens is a lot of people approach fitness when they're heavy and they feel very apologetic about their current state of health. And so there's this hierarchy with the trainer. And so I really encourage people to consider hiring a trainer like you would if you were hiring someone to come clean the gutters. You are the person that's in charge. You get to ask the questions. And this goes for the fit as far as is this the right person for you? 
you so you don't have to go through that negative experience. But also it's for the trainer as well. Is this client somebody that you want to work with? So really having that conversation and really doing the the due diligence and the research before you go in, because once that negative experience has happened, it's very difficult to uh, get out there again. Well, and that's terrific advice. And I am always surprised. It surprises me sometimes by a lack of questions that people don't ask. You know, it's like, don't you want to know a little bit more about me and my education? Because you only have one body and you're trusting me with it. You know, it always surprises me by people who don't take the time to um, don't take the time to really interview a trainer to find out what what their background entails. Well, Louise, how can people obviously you're on Instagram. What's your tag on Instagram and how can people connect with you and, and interact with you online? Um, I'm on Instagram at Louise Green underscore Big Fit Girl, and it's Louise Green dot Big Fit Girl on Facebook. And at my website, my contact info is there, louisegreen.ca. And that's exactly how I found you. Well, Louise, I really appreciate your time. And, and most importantly, I, I appreciate the message and what you're doing to, to change. You know, fitness can change the world, and you're definitely doing your part for it. So thanks for your time, and thanks for doing what you do. Thank you so much for having me on today. Now, before I reached out to her and, and we had that conversation, I really, to be 100% honest, didn't, didn't know much about Louise. You know, as I mentioned, I got her name um, from a list of Instagram fitness influencers. But looking into her background and talking with her, speaking with her, and we, we spoke a little bit before I hit the record button, I really, I think this is an important podcast to share with you because like many people I've met over the years in fitness, she was inspired to change careers and get into fitness and help other people. I mean, to go from being a talent agent is a pretty you know high-level job. You're doing some really interesting things. Of course, it can be very you know, shallow, and maybe you're not really making you know doing any you know improving the world. You know, you're putting beautiful people in ads and, and on TV or whatever. You're not really doing anything to significantly change, make a significant change. So when Luis made that decision to change careers and get into fitness. That was an important turning point for her ability to get out there and help other people. Yeah, I'm going to read this again because I've read this before, but I think it's very important to remember that this is a definition of fitness from Oxford Dictionary. So I downloaded this a little while ago from Oxford Dictionary. Fitness is a condition of being physically fit and healthy. Fitness is the quality of being suitable to fulfill a particular role or task. And finally... Fitness is defined as an organism's ability to survive and reproduce in a particular environment. So think about that definition of fitness I just read. And again, I went to, to Oxford, one of the leading you know, wordsmiths, dictionaries you know, that we use, that we rely upon in the English language. And nowhere does fitness talk about appearance. Nowhere does fitness in the definition talk about being a certain size or a certain shape. So when somebody like Luis comes out and is saying, hey, I'm my size, I enjoy being active, what's wrong with that? I think that's a, I think that's a strong, I think that's a powerful message. You know, if you watch your TEDx talk, which I'll have down below in the show notes, you know, you get that, you get that powerful response, you get that powerful feeling because we've gotten so caught up, especially in the States. You know, in the United States, and I'm realizing this podcast is going to an international audience and Louise is from Canada. You know, in the United States, we've always made fitness being about appearance. We've always made fitness an extrinsic thing. 
you know, what do we look like? And we lose a few pounds. You just, you know, think about that. Every time you talk to somebody, well, I can lose a few pounds. Why? What's that matter? You know, again, I say that ironically, and in, in one of the next couple of guests I have lining up is a relatively well-known, you know, trainer who works with a number of movie stars. It matters if you're in a role, if you're being hired to play a role that's going to be on a big screen. That's where, where appearance does make a difference. But in a day-to-day life, fitness is more just about being comfortable in your own skin. Fitness is about feeling strong for the activities that you want to do on a, on a regular basis. It's about being able to play with your kids, about being able to go for a walk. It's about being able to do a 5K. You know, I, I've been thinking about that the last couple of days, you know, of, as I'm putting this podcast together. You know, Luis showing up on the first day of that 5K, you know, that run, and that's scary. She's extremely brave. She's probably one of the bravest people I've interviewed on this podcast to show up to a running club not knowing what to expect, whether or not she'll be accepted and be a part of it. That's powerful. I mean, that's one of the things that we do that we do wrong in fitness is we're not, you know, accepting of everybody. I've said this on here before. You know, my friend Jamie Atlas, who will be a guest before too long, my friend Jamie Atlas is a trainer based out of Denver, Colorado. And he had this great meme maybe a year, year and a half ago. I downloaded it and I keep it and I post it from time to time. But it's a picture of a, of a plus-size fellow on a treadmill. And he's working hard. You can tell he's working hard. He's sweating. He's a large, he's a large individual. You know, making fun of a fat person at a gym is like making fun of a homeless person at a job fair. That's what the meme says. That's what the caption on the meme says. And that's a very powerful thing. Making fun of somebody at the gym based on their appearance, especially if they're a little plus size, is absolutely is, is just astounding at how wrong and how incorrect it is. You know, exercise for, you know, for everybody, exercise isn't about losing weight. Exercise is just feeling good, promoting health. You know, as, especially as we get a little bit older, you know, as we get into our 40s and 50s and, and beyond. You know, exercise helps us maintain our quality of life. Exercise helps us enhance our quality of life. Now, if there's a health issue that, you know, requires you losing a little bit of weight for health, you know, that, that's a different issue. But generally, what the research has shown, I'll be happy to have one of those studies linked below. Generally, what the research has shown is that having to be in a few pounds overweight, being a little bit bigger and being fit isn't really a neg- doesn't have a negative health consequence. If anything, people that are a little bit overweight are living longer than people that are underweight. <laughs> Think about that for a second. People who have a couple extra pounds are living longer than people who are underweight or at the right body weight. There's, there's some data to show that, you know, in some of the meta-analyses when they look at population statistics. You know, is, could over-exercise, over-training be having a detrimental effect on the heart? It could because there are ultra-endurance runners. You would think an ultra-endurance runner would be extremely healthy, but some of them are having heart attacks and, and heart issues. You know, our former governor here in California recently had a heart valve replacement. Arnold, if you're listening, that's no offense, but hey, you're considered one of the fittest individuals out there and you're having to have parts of the, of the machine rebuilt. So we really can't define what fitness is based on appearance alone, can we? And that's why I've wanted to have a few guests like Luis and Marie and Molly Galbraith because I want us thinking differently, folks. I want us thinking differently about fitness being about performance, fitness being about feeling, fitness being about mindset. You know, being fit means you have choices for the way you, li- you live your life. Louise being fit means that she has a choice to go out and do any activity she wants to be able to do, or at least give it a go, give it a try. 
You know, that's what being fitness is. Being fit, being fit gives you freedom. Being fit gives you options for how you live your life. I have nothing but a tremendous amount of respect for an individual like Louise. Because she's saying bollocks to all these preset notions of what fitness is. And she's redefining what fitness is. I'm going to pick up her, her book, Big Fit, you know, Big Fit Girl, Embrace the Body You Have. Because that's a powerful message. And I'm happy to have more like her on this show because I want us to understand that, you know, yeah, appearance is one thing. But, you know, being fit is a mindset. Being fit is an attitude. Being fit is about confidence. Appearance ain't part of it, folks. Thanks for tuning in this episode of All About Fitness. If you have any comments, please feel free to reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. You can Twitter me at PeteMC underscore fitness. That's PeteMC underscore fitness on Twitter. And Instagram is PeteMcCall underscore fitness. That's PeteMcCall underscore fitness. As I'm recording this right now, I just got off, I've had a couple fabulous, I really, the last couple of days, I've had some of the most amazing conversations that I've had yet recording these podcasts. And I am just, I, I am astounded. I, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for tuning in and for the guests I have coming up. Wow, you're just going to be, be blown away. So thanks for stopping by and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.